Hello and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center's Victoria's Living Podcast. Victoria's Living Christian Center is a church that strives to stand for goodness and is committed to encourage and show a better way. A church whose vision is to see God's people living a victorious life. This is accomplished through community outreach, education, healthy living, and support groups while still providing spiritual growth. Our goal is to meet the needs of man, spiritually as well as naturally. So welcome and enjoy. Good evening and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center Gospel Bible Chat Room. I'm Pastor Ruth Gardner and we are starting our Bible study on tonight. Uh, we are continuing our studies on 1 Corinthians and we are now in entering into chapter 11. We're going to have prayer. We're going to open up in prayer and then we're going to get started. Amen. Uh, uh, Pastor John, can you start us in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, God, for bringing us together again to speak of you and to learn of your word. And Lord, as we speak, Lord God, and as we listen to your word, we pray, God, that you would just let the, your word take a hold within us, God. Let it take a hold within our heart that it may be hidden within us so that at that time that we may need to bring forth your word, it is there, God, for you and your Holy Spirit to be able to pull it out, to be able to minister to, to the people, God. And God, we pray, God, that you use the teacher on today, God. Give her a clarity of speech and of thought, God. Download fresh uh, anointing God, download fresh wisdom upon her, God, as she teaches God. For the teacher gets it uh, gets more detail in everything that they that they teach, God. So God, download that wisdom into her right now. And God, we thank you and we forever give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, so we are at first Corinthians chapter 10. Um, we, 11. oh, I'm sorry. I'm, thank you. Thank you, Pastor. I'm looking right at it too. Uh, we have first Corinthians chapter 11. Um, and just to recap a little bit about chapter 10, they're talking about food, worship, uh, eating of food that was sacrificed to idols and whether it's okay to eat those type of foods. And then it talks, then it also went into, he talked about again, once again, about um, um, things that happen in uh, the wilderness about, you know, the, um, what is this going? This is really making me kind of like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm doing like looking at the thing. It's um, talking about the, um, Sexual immorality, uh, eating and drinking food, sacrifice to idols, and things of that nature. So that's what he was covering um, in chapter 10. And then it was saying about um, making sure that we, you know, we have a clear conscience in what we do. Some things, you know, we don't want to eat or partake of, especially if someone invites you to eat. And they tell you that the food was sacrificed unto an idol. 
then he's telling us that we should not partake of it because by us partaking of this, knowing that this food was sacrificed to another God, it's saying that we are acknowledging that God and that we're accepting that God. And we also are honoring that God by um, eating the food that was sacrificed to it. So he was saying, now there's certain foods that are used to sacrifice to certain idols. And when he talked about it in the earlier chapters, he was saying that um, we should not be sacrificing these foods unto idols. It's okay to eat them, but we should not be sacrificing them unto idols because now we we have one God, we, we serve one God, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So all these other idols, um, that practice of sacrificing foods um, unto idols is something that we shouldn't do, but it's okay to eat the food that you normally would sacrifice. So that's what he was talking about before. And then he said, and if, you know, um, if you are, are like, I won't say weak, but if you're the if you're not, you still struggle with the fact that this food was once sacrificed to an a, a idol God and you don't want to eat it. And that's fine. And if somebody is offended by it, then, you know, give them that respect and not eat it in front of them. But if you're okay with it, you don't have a, a guilt or conviction about it. You can go ahead and eat the food. Just make sure you're not sacrificing it. That's what he was saying before. And then in chapter 10, he came back around again and he went on this aspect of if you are invited to someone's home, this is for the non-believer. So let's go back again. So when we were talking about not eating foods that were, that were um, once sacrificed, as long as you're not sacrificing them, he was talking to the saints. He was talking to the people who are converted and on the Lord's side. So now in chapter 10, he's talking about to those who are going out and you're mixing and mingling with the unsaved or you're out trying to minister to the unsaved. And if you're going to a home and these people are still practicing the sacrifice to these different unknown, you know, idols, idols or these gods, um, then it's okay to eat what's placed before you. You know, they serve you that food then that's fine. But if they tell you that it's been sacrificed unto their God, then don't eat it. Because at that point, you're taking a stand to let them know that, you know, I could eat this, but because of the fact that you sacrificed this to a God that I do not serve, I cannot eat it. Okay. That's why when Paul said in chapter 10, verse 23, he says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. So I can do what I want to do. It's just that I don't want to cause any type of conflict or confusion, or I don't want to cause any blur lines with what I stand for. I mean, I could eat this food. It's not the fact that I can't, you know, I'm not doing it under Jewish restrictions or laws saying that I can't eat certain foods. I can eat it. But the fact that you sacrifice it to a God that I don't serve, that I don't acknowledge, I can't eat it. And that's what he was saying in chapter 10. So now we're going into uh, chapter 11. And um, once again, there's some other issues that they want to talk about. Well, one of the things that um, we were listening to one of the, uh, commentaries about this uh about the book of corinth he was like 
it's like every time you turn around, there was an issue. They have one thing after the next, after the next, there's always arguing. There's always like a division. And Paul it constantly is addressing so many different issues and so many different things that are going on in the church of Corinth. But you have to realize that he's he's facing a tough crowd. You know, you got wicked people coming into uh, Christianity and some people, you know, salvation is a process. It's a walk. And it's the same way like the church of the day. Salvation is a process. It's a walk. You're not just going to come to church and wham, you're automatically saved. And wham, you're going to start doing this. You're going to stop doing that. You know, you're going to have some issues and you're going to have some, some questions and concerns about things you used to do. Is it okay or is it lawful to do? And um, Paul is like addressing these different things in the book. And there's so many different things that are going on. You know, and like, even with this tonight's lesson, you know, we're going to take a listen and then we're going to talk about it. So let's get started with tonight on first Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to be uh, playing the NIV version. Okay. So let's go ahead and listen. One Corinthians chapter 11. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I praise you for remembering me in everything and for holding to the traditions just as I pass them on to you. But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. It is the same as having her head shaved. For if a woman does not cover her head, she might as well have her hair cut off. But if it is a disgrace for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, then she should cover her head. A man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God. But the woman is the glory of man. For man did not come from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. It is for this reason that a woman ought to have authority over her own head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as woman came from man, so also man is born of woman. But everything comes from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not the very nature of things teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a disgrace to him, but that if a woman has long hair, it is her glory? For long hair is given to her as a covering. If anyone wants to be contentious about this, we have no other practice, nor do the churches of God. Okay, so this is a topic that has been brought up back in the earlier years of my walk with the Lord. And um, once again, we have to look at the entire text of what is being discussed. So apparently they felt that women, first of all, what I'm so happy about is first of all, they, they acknowledge women ministering. 
you know, because they said if a woman ministers or prophesies, you know, you know, her head should be <laughs> whether or not her head should be covered. Okay. So they are they recognize that women in, in leadership positions as prophets and as leaders. But the thing about it that what is going on is that we have to look at the time, the culture, the time in which they're they're living in, the time in which Paul is addressing the people. And we have to also look at the fact, once again, a lot of things were going on in Corinth that Paul is really fighting against opposition and he's fighting to really get the people together, to rally them together. And um, one of the, the, the discussions or debates was that women covering their head in the church. And they were saying that women shouldn't minister with their heads uncovered and that men shouldn't cover their heads when they minister. Um, mainly the women they're focusing on in this because one of the things that they did back in the day, back in this time, was that um, women were identified through hair. And um, in Corinth, it was, um, it was a, a thing or a custom for women who were prostitutes to cut their hair. And they would also go around with their hair uncovered. So in order to distinguish um, a prostitute from just a modest woman, the women would cover their hair. They would let their hair grow long and they would cover it. That's how you identified a modest woman from a prostitute. So now that they're over into the church, they feel that the woman should keep her head covered while she is ministering and that the man should keep her head uncovered while he's ministering um and this is something that they did this is something that they um decided to do mainly like i said mainly for the women to make sure that they identified that they were identified as not being a prostitute so this is something that is not of god's law because if you remember um back in old testament there were a lot of men that didn't shave their heads. Samson was one. The vow of a Nazarite, they did not shave their heads. Um, John the Baptist didn't shave his head. Um, and there was someone else. There was Samson, John the Baptist, and I can't remember who else it was because the, the, the commentator made three references. But these two men are examples of where they did not. So it was um, not... Um, it wasn't biblical. It wasn't a God's law. It wasn't really a law of God. They did this to once again, just to identify mainly the women to make sure that the women were, you know, chaste women and that they were not prostitutes. So what Paul was saying, you know, you know, a man's covering, God is man's covering and man is woman's covering, but the whole crux of it is everybody's covered under God. Whether you wear a uh, whether you wear a covering or not, you still are covered by God. And um, as far as a woman's concerned, if you feel that this is necessary, fine, then do it. 
if it's going to cause a big problem with it, then just do away with it. Because the bottom line is this, it doesn't matter. Shaved, bald, long hair, short hair. God is in the center of it all. And we all are covered under God. So, and, and what happens is that a lot of women, a lot of men back in biblical, back old, old school, old school church use this as scripture and forbid women from cutting their hair. Women were not allowed to cut their hair. And I could share one time when I cut my hair and I had, got, ooh, my dad, I had cut my hair and I had got the jerry curl. Remember the jerry curl back in the day, jerry curl? I had cut my hair and I had permed hair. My hair was pretty long and I wanted a jerry curl. And in order for me to get a jerry curl, they had to cut off all my hair to the new growth. And it was about like a half an inch. So when I got home, my hair was like tight, tiny little jerry curls. And my father just looked at me. He was so mad. He, he wouldn't talk to me. And the first thing he said, your hair is your glory. Your hair is your glory. My dad was so mad at me. I mean, he was really really mad at me but then my hair started growing once it started growing he you know he kind of came around but he wouldn't talk to me for a good for a good while he was very upset with me because I had cut my hair and that is something that was taught in old school that women couldn't cut their hair and that you had to wear doilies and you had to cover your head that's why women were wearing doilies in the old church because they said their heads hair had to be covered based on the scripture but really you know taking things out of context and the whole purpose of this whole letter, this whole conversation wasn't the fact that the debate about women wearing, covering their hair or not, the, the whole debate of, that Paul was trying to say is like, look, we shouldn't be focusing on, you know, short hair, long hair, you know, pants or skirts or whatever. Just come, just come together in unity. We are all one under God. We are all one under Christ. So it doesn't matter whether you have short hair, long hair, if you're ministering, as long as you're ministering unto the Lord and we come together in unity. That was the point that Paul was trying to make with this whole conversation, not to debate whether or not a woman should cover their hair while they minister or not. Not whether a man should cover his hair while he's ministering or not. It's just the fact that we need to come in agreement with one with something because this is irrelevant when it comes to the work of the ministry, when it comes to the things of God, this is irrelevant. It's like the circumcision and the uncircumcised is the same type of uh, debate, whether they, you know, remember they was talking about whether they, they should be circumcised now that they're over the uncircumcised should be circumcised. It was, a, it's pretty much the same thing. They're trying to set laws in place and 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 traditions in place and god is saying okay not god but paul is saying enough is enough to do away with all that what matters is that we are coming together in unity yes we're gonna have disagreements we're not gonna all see eye to eye but the point of this is let's come to some type of agreement if you want women to cover their head then fine let them cover their head with their minister if you don't want them to cover their head, then fine, don't cover your head. But let us come together and make a decision. This is really not all that big of a deal because once we come into uh, Christianity or Christendom, we're in the kingdom, it doesn't matter. Long as there's a relationship, as long as we coming together in love and that we are working together with one common goal, it doesn't matter about the hair.
Anybody got any comments or questions? No. You know what's crazy? I remember I remember a couple of years back um <laughs> about the head covering thing. I remember when uh when we were at a at I'm gonna say former church in New Jersey and we were having prayer service and um there were there was a couple that that was a part of the ministry for a little while, you know, really teaching us about like deliverance and stuff, but when we have a prayer service, um, the the husband walked in and got really really upset because all of the guys had their head covered, and you know, the pastor at the time was just you know didn't think anything of it. He was just like you know it's whatever. But I remember that and I didn't think anything of it, and I read it and I was like that's why he got mad. I remember like reading the scripture again. I remember he was like really, really like he said, well, he, the pastor said that he was upset. He wanted to do deliverance that night, but he's like, no, we have we're doing prayer. We're going to do Bible class. We need to get the word in us. And so he was already upset about that. But he was also really, really upset that the guys had their hair covered, head covered during prayer. And we, and we just kind of like, wow. But yeah, <laughs> I, I remember that. I just wanted to share. It was just a random thought. Yeah. And, and see, and that's that is not the whole point of this that Paul was writing this letter to address it it was the fact that you know what it really doesn't matter because we're all covered by God just like um he said uh where it is said about for man did not come from woman but woman from man neither was man created for woman, but woman for man, it is for this reason that a woman ought to have authority over her own head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as woman came from man, so also man is born a woman, but everything comes from God. And that's what part he was saying. It, you know, yeah, the man is a covering, and you know, I know it talks about the God, you know, man is 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 head is the church, Christ. And, you know, the woman's head is the man. And that's the order of respect as far as respect and, you know, in family structure. The man is the head of the household. That's how it's understood as in this time. Okay. Because nowadays, you know, we have women who do both roles. We have men who do both roles. So in the, in this time, that was a family structure that, that that's how it went. So um, that's why, just like the part where they said women should keep silent in the church, that was another issue because, and the reason behind that, once again, we got to look at the text, look at the whole story because they were asking questions while people were trying to, to minister. People were getting up asking, and women were asking questions and, and they weren't waiting until they got home. They were interrupting the flow of the service you know, because you got this one ministering and then the woman's asking questions and you got sidebar conversations going on, which was distracting the, the people from really focusing on what was being taught and what was being spoken because you got the women over here chatting over here. About, what do they mean by that? What does that mean? And, you know, so they were saying, keep silent in the church and ask your questions once you get home. That's what was the reason why Paul had said that because he was trying to bring order. And in this case, he's trying to bring order. So, you know, lots of times we, we took the word and we 
took it and we applied it to something pertaining to us today, which you can't really take this and apply it to us today. I mean, you can say that, you know, it doesn't matter what whether you're man, woman, or we head covered or uncovered, like Paul is saying, but as far as the text itself, trying to say that women should have their hair covered, that was that was for that time. That was during that period, not today. Because there's a lot of women who, you know, look at me, I'm bald-headed. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of women that do alopecia. You know, a lot of women, you know, and then people wear wigs, you know. It's all different. Men have haircuts, men have heads are shaved. And, you know, it's just all, it's not for this time. So you couldn't really take this literally and apply it to today. You can't do that. But you have to look at the whole point. The point is, it really doesn't matter as long as we're under God. Because as woman came from man, also man is born a woman, but everything comes from God. It says, judge that he that he throws it back on them. Judge for yourself. Do you think it's proper for a woman to pray to God with her hair uncovered? If you do, then then uphold it. If you don't, then it doesn't matter. But come together. Let us reason together. Let us work on this because this stuff like this is going to cause division. And we're trying to bring about unity. And I know we're coming from all different walks of life. So that's the point that Paul was trying to say. Okay. So moving on to the next thing. Pastor John, did you want to add anything or said something or anyone want to comment on this? Do they anyone agree or disagree or are unclear as to what we're saying before I go on? No, I don't have any comments. Okay. Just want to make sure. All right, so now we're going to start at verse number 17, and we're going to listen to the next topic. In the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat. For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ 
eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and ill, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined, so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home, so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give further instructions. Okay. And so ends chapter 11. So this is talking about the Lord's Supper. And we know that lots of times when we get ready to do communion, we read this part, we read this scripture. And um, what Paul is saying is, you know, he's hearing, you know, he's hearing about you guys having meetings and it's very chaotic and debatable. Um, it's, it's, there's division among you in the church. And, you know, he's hearing all these stories about this was happening and that is happening. It's like, there's so much going on in this church. And once again, Paul is trying to reel everybody in, you know, he's trying to renew and transform everybody's mind. He's trying to encourage everybody to, to come together and think, get on the same page you know, we're here to win souls. We're here to, to further the kingdom of God. And, you know, we're trying to change our lives. We're trying to line up, you know, um, receive the spirit of God, get saved. You know, we try to do all these things, but we still have people who are still holding on to things of their past and some of the things that they still are doing. And what was happening um, concerning the Lord's Supper? Now, we know this Lord's Supper was, you know, the... Um, the last supper that Christ had and where he broke the bread and he served the wine. And he said, this is my body, you know, do this in remembrance of me, you know, and then he did the blood, the wine. He said, this is my blood. So he said, do this in remembrance of me. So what they were doing is they were coming together to, to uh, kind of, you know, like he says, do this in remembrance of me. So they were coming together to do this in remembrance of God, of the Lord, but what was happening was that there were some rich people and there were some poor people. Okay. And what was happening was that the rich people were coming and they were coming with all this food and drink and, and wine. And they were just, you know, really having like a party at the church and they were coming in and they were eating and they were eating their food, you know, eating their stuff. They were coming in and, and getting their fill of it. And then by the time the poor people came, um, and they had very little or nothing because, you know, they were coming in uh, later. There was nothing left. There was no food left and they were hungry. So what he was saying was like, you know, the whole purpose, if you're going to come together and have supper in remembrance of the Lord, then that should be the mindset that we should all come together don't come early and eat up all the food. And then when, when, the, you know, when other people come in later, there's nothing for them to have or partake of. And as far as, um, 
you guys, you know, sitting here getting drunk. That's that's you're desecrating the house of God. So, um, so Paul was saying that, you know, let's, don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? So you coming in here with all this food and you're eating it in front of these people who are hungry and they don't got nothing. You're not sharing. If you're going to bring something to the church, then you should bring enough for everybody. You know, we shouldn't have, you know, I'm just going to feed my family over here. And you got this one feeding their family over here that, like, you know, everybody it's like potluck. If you're going to come together, let's do a potluck. Everybody bring something. Everybody bring a little something and then let us all share together. Let us all share together. Cause what they were doing as far as the Lord's supper was, they were literally bringing food in and sitting down eating. What we do, we call communion where we have the little wafers and, and a little juice. That's how we did, that's how we commemorated Lord's Supper. But back in this time, in biblical times, they were literally bringing in food and coming into the church. And it was supposed to be a part of fellowshipping because that's what Christ did. That's what Jesus Christ did before he was, before he was crucified. He came together with his family, all his disciples. They all sat around the table and they fellowshiped and they ate together. And that was what the purpose and what the mindset or the theme that they were doing, they were coming like potluck, bringing food to eat, but they're supposed to be sharing with one another, but they didn't, they, they caused a division because like the rich people who had a lot of good stuff and food, like, you know, it's like somebody, um, like for example, somebody brought in crab legs just for them. They brought in crab legs, but they didn't share with anybody else. And somebody may have brought in some, some ribs and they didn't share the ribs with anybody else. They had the ribs with themselves. And, 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 and instead of sharing with everybody, bringing enough crab legs for everybody and bringing the ribs with everybody, they just had enough for just for their family. And that is what Paul was saying. You know, that is not the purpose. That was not the intent of coming together and partaking of the Lord's Supper. Everybody partake. And then coming in early and eating all the good stuff before everybody came, you know, by the time they got there, the, the poor people coming in from work or whatever, coming in from the fields, when they got there, there was nothing left. That is not how it's supposed to work. You're supposed to wait till you all come together. You don't come early. If you come early, you sit there and wait till everybody gets there. Once everybody gets there, then you sit down and you partake of the Lord's Supper. And that's the time of fellowship you know, meeting and greeting and stuff like that. That's what he was saying. Make sense? Yeah, that's one thing in watching the videos I thought was actually very interesting because um, it, it shows basically that at that point in time, they still did like the Lord's Supper, where was it a spread table of food? And normally when you think of the Lord's Supper, we really don't think about that because that's not how we do it today. Mm -hmm. so I actually thought that was very interesting mm -hmm. because once again um, the last supper that 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 Christ did that was the Seder meal that was Passover mm -hmm. it was the Seder meal so um, so then he was talking about you know so 
If you're hungry and you're going to eat all the food like that, eat before you come and then bring something for everybody to partake in. That's why he was saying, you know, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink the cup. For those who eat and drink, discerning the body, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many are sick and weak among you. Some fall asleep. Um, it says, so then my brother says, when you gather together, you should eat all, you should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. So he was saying, so if you're hungry, are you really, really hungry? Eat something at home before you come because we don't want you coming in there and eat up all the food and not share with anybody. Because it has, it's, it's unity, it's all together. Everybody should be partaking of it all together. Make sense? Yeah, it does. Anyone have any questions or comments? Because that's it for First uh, Corinthians chapter 11. And even the other thing, too, that he mentioned, he said, now, sometimes, you know, the poor that came in later, they did have food. Um, sometimes it was a little bit. It wasn't enough. But they did bring something to the tables. Some of them didn't come all the time without. They didn't come empty-handed. They brought something. But, I mean, you know, they were still a little hungry. Yeah, one thing that they were saying and the thing that we're, we're listening to before, though, is about how, you know, generally is the rich people bringing the food and, and the ones that were setting things up because they had the means to do that while the working class people were out working their jobs. Mm -hmm. um, so being that they were there early and setting up, they would eat all up all the good food. So when the working class people came, they basically got scraps they got the stuff that was left over or not the choicest foods they're not not the best cuts of meats they were just the, the whatever was left whatever the other people didn't want mm -hmm. and by the time they got there they were all drunk yeah <laughs> that's, that's a whole other thing so they had a party they had a party before the party you <laughs> know and 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 that's the other thing that 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 upset Paul like you know you don't come here to get drunk that's why he was saying you know you're you're disrespecting the whole the whole um the whole thing of the uh last supper you're disrespecting the whole meaning of it you know because it says in verse number 20 so then when you come together it is not the Lord's supper you eat for when you're eating some of you go ahead with your own private suppers as a result one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. So, you know, they're not even, they're despising the church. They're despising the whole purpose of what Christ was saying. Like, do this in remembrance of me. You know, do this in remembrance of me. You know, when you come together, you know, remember how we fellowshiped. You know, it was about fellowship, love, unity. And that's the main thing. First Corinthians, the letter that Paul wrote was really catering or the goal, the purpose of this letter was to, to do away with all this division and to bring about unity 
in the church. That's the whole purpose. So whenever you see these different things that we read about, about how this one felt this way, how that one felt this way, look at how Paul dealt with it. He didn't say, okay, women wear your hair covered. He left it up to the people. He didn't say, all right, I'm going to make the executive decision. Every woman covered their head. He's not saying that. He's saying, you know, it doesn't matter. It really isn't. That shouldn't be the issue here. This shouldn't be your focus. If a woman wants to wear her hair covered or not, because it doesn't matter if she has short hair, she's coming in. Maybe she was a prostitute and maybe the Lord delivered her, cleaned her up. And now she is prophesying, but her hair is short. So you will make her cover her head because her hair is short. She's not living that lifestyle anymore. You know, she could have cut her hair short and, and they ain't grow back. Something that happens to some women. They cut their hair and they cut it in such a way it stunts the growth and it, your hair doesn't grow back. So what's she going to do? And God called her to be an evangelist. So what's she going to go around with her hair covered? Some would argue yes. <laughs> Huh? I said some would argue yes. Yeah, but see, and that's what Paul is saying. He's saying that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. The fact that God is using her doesn't matter what's going on on the outside. If she's not, you know, it, if she's presenting herself in such a way that's modest, because, you know, you don't want to cause anybody to stumble or cause anyone to, you know, have a problem then it shouldn't matter. But like you said, Joy, once again, those of them who are struggling with it and has a problem with it, yeah, she will have to cover her head. Because remember, I remember a long time ago, we went to this one church and the women wore doilies and we had to put doilies on our head. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to offend because the women wore doilies, they wore hair covers. So we had to put doilies on our head. And um, my former pastor, she had to preach with a dolly on her head. So we used to carry them. We used to, because back then we were going to a lot of holiness, you know, churches, and um, and they wore the women wore doilies. So we had doilies that we kept on us, like in our cars and and on our in our Bibles. So we had to go somewhere where we needed to put a dolly on. We would slap our doilies on our heads and go in because we didn't want to offend anybody. But we knew that. It didn't matter, but that was their thing. And this is what Paul's saying. If this is your thing, then go ahead, but y'all shouldn't really be focused on this. This is, this, this is you're pretty saying like, this is petty. Yeah, I really, I, I really wish that people would see that because I was telling you before, um, earlier this week, Ma, um, about the whole women preaching thing and yeah, how yeah. Mm -hmm. like, there's been such an uproar about it recently. And it's just like, for what? And it's just, and it's not a salvific issue. It's not like a, like how sin is. And we know that if you sin and you don't repent, you're going to hell. Yeah. That's what we need to be focusing on. Now, whether right. or not women are preaching and whether or not their heads are covered, that's like, like he's saying, it's not something that should divide the church. And a lot of people are letting that divide the church. Yeah. You know, I've seen so many men just stand on their little mohill and they just like women can't preach when women are not to exercise authority over a man. You know, women can prophesy, but 
she can't be a pastor. The Bible said that, you know, she, a bishop is, is a husband to one wife and, you know, you can't get around these scriptures. You can, and there's only two, there's <laughs> only two, but they have cultural and historic um, reasons why Paul said so. Mm. And it's like, how can, and, and it's, and it's flawed because it's like, you, you say women can prophesy and be a prophetess, but if you really knew what an office prophets did and how they function, you would not be saying that either that a woman can do. Because right. let me tell you something, office prophets hold far more. Now I don't want I don't want to I don't want to put level, but there 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 are certain things that office prophets have authority over, and that includes men and women and and everything, you know, as opposed to a pastor. You have a problem with a woman being a pastor but you're okay with her being a prophet. And it's just like, you wouldn't want women operating in any office if you actually knew what those offices entail. So it's just like, y'all are flawed. There's two scriptures that talks about this, but if you actually study and, and see the reasons why, then you get an understanding. And Paul doesn't contradict himself. Why would he tell women to be quiet and then turn around and say, if a woman is pro ministering or prophesying and she needs to have her hair covered, it's just like, so how, how are y'all missing that? Mm -hmm. so it's just it's, it's just it's just like it's just been crazy it's i'm like y'all letting this divide us you want women to be quiet but you don't realize that it's mostly women especially now in today's society is mostly women in the church a lot of men don't even go to church anymore or they don't want to be bothered so you got more than half of the church that you want to shut up and sit down who's going to minister the gospel if god is not using women so it's just like it's it's been crazy and i'm like we should not be even arguing over this mm -mm. no it's a stupid argument and i like the the analogy about you know the first woman did come out of uh from man because it was from adam's rib but every right. man from them came out of a woman mm -hmm. i like that analogy that and that's what and that's what paul was saying you know so you really can't you really can't you really can't say this, like you can't really use this um, to, to, you know, even then um, they talked about how women back in the day were referred as failed men. Wow. Yeah. Remember that? Uh, Pastor yeah. John? The, yeah. That, that women were, were such was, were considered second class and they were also referred to as failed men. Which is a crazy, mm -hmm. I don't even have, uh, I can't wrap around my head around how you even come to that conclusion. <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they really didn't honor women that, that well. Or because of Eve, I've seen some, I've seen some comments say it was because Eve transgressed in the garden, which it does. I think it says it in Timothy, Paul does bring that out, you know, about leadership and stuff about being the head. And I'm like, yeah, there's no disagreeing that men are the head of the household and i know there's a guideline for that even in ministry should 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 the man be leading in ministry absolutely that was the original design mm -hmm. absolutely there's no no getting around that but uh to treat women like they are of no use because of eve eve was the eve eve deceived adam and she transgressed women are more susceptible to witchcraft and you know is jezebelic and you know she fell into the jezebelic and you're gonna go to hell if a woman it's just like where are y'all getting this from where are y'all getting this from jesus if that were the case then jesus wouldn't have had women in his 
as Circle. disciples. Uh-huh. Actually, you know where a lot of that comes from? Women. Huh? There is actually a source for what you just mentioned about women with witchcraft and where that comes from. Um, what was that book that was that's one of those books that they want to put in the Bible, but it's not one of the Bibles? Um, mm-hmm. Enoch. Oh, the book of Enoch. The book of yeah. Enoch. Yeah. When the angels slept with the when the Nephilim slept with women in the book of Enoch, it was the angels. It was the angels that slept with the women and created the Nephilim. The Nephilim were the giants that were left that were left behind. Yeah, and yeah. I angels, just I was just doing a whole deep dive on this because yeah, of, how the of, angels of taught demon. the women witchcraft and everything else, and taught the men steelwork and taught the men how to make war and make weapons and taught the women witchcraft. I didn't hear that part, but I heard about like the angels giving technology, advanced technology. It was like a whole rabbit hole. You can go down with that. A whole oh, yeah. um, uh, thing, um, which and it made some interesting points. I didn't read it, but I, I've listened to people who said they read it for like for like um, for just more like uh, deliverance, deliverance aspect of why certain things are the way that they are. But I haven't really no bun the people that I've heard talk about it, they weren't talking about in regards of women learning witchcraft and stuff. They didn't point that out. Um, but that's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. in that's in the book Enoch. Mm. I, I've read through I've read some of it and I've read like the the other book of wisdom, a little bit of it and stuff like that, just to see why those were taken out. Mm-hmm. And there are areas in which it does track with the Bible, but mm-hmm. they're of questionable origin. And there are areas where even um uh, the the Catholic Church gets some of their stuff from one of those books, and they mm. they actually include it in the Catholic Bible. Mm. Um, oh, the Catholic Bible or the Catholic Catholic belief believes that if a person dies and they're not saved, that if you take all of the inheritance money that would have went to the family and give it unto the church, the church can pray their salvation and they can still make it into heaven. That comes from one of those books that they took out of the Bible. Mm. I'm glad they took that out. Bad. That's that's complete <laughs> heresy. That is not... <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. I've heard some stuff about the book of Enoch, like, you know, regarding like the 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 giants that were because you know um the people that were talking about it, and it was really um it was uh two it was two it was alexander pagani that talked about it and mm-hmm. um isaiah south south i can't, can't pronounce that name but they're you know they're heavy in deliverance and the only reason why they kind of read it a little bit they don't ever like preach it as it's canon because they said like it's not canon it's not something that Correct. that should replace the bible it's just like a historical book they were looking at it as like like a history book you know because yeah jude and jude jude reference a certain uh scripture was a reference to a book the book of enoch mm. so that's why you know they picked it up and read it and stuff but um yeah they were talking about how the angels were teaching men giving men advanced technology and mm-hmm. some of the you know and it makes sense because you know, I don't. Uh, I I think about certain things. I like why, because you, you if you look at scientists, they don't know how the pyramids got here. They don't know yeah, how. Come on, girl. I was just getting ready to say mm-hmm. that. <laughs> they don't know how. Certain, That's how they like, built them pyramids. Yes, they don't know how certain wonders 
were made like how was this how did this happen back then how was this technology you know technologically advanced like this for that time and mm -hmm. it was because of the angels that were teaching the men how to do stuff and even now today a lot of people suspect suspect that um uh the the angels that that they were called the watchers it was 200 watch there was like yep. two rebellions you had the angels that fell with lucifer from from the third heaven their cage and lucifer's walking free and then you had another rebellion the watchers were the angels that were sleeping with the women and yep. the men gave the angels their daughters in exchange for that information mm -hmm. and so um so when everything happened when the flood mm -hmm. happened and everything they those same angels are like buried or something like that those angels are held and captive and in captivity and so a lot of people think that the elite have tapped into somehow like some type of spiritual connection they're trying to get in connection with these watchers these angels these these rebellious angels to get more information it's like a whole yeah. like if you go down the rabbit hole it's just like wow but it it, it kind of tracks because you know, they were saying like the Bible talks about as in the days of Noah, so shall so shall the coming of the Lord uh, Jesus will be. And it's just like all of that was going on. And when you look at today, it's just like what they're trying to tap into. They're trying to, you know, mesh animal and uh, animal and human genes. And they're trying to do some freaky stuff with science that's mm -hmm. demonic in nature. And it's not legal here. But they're doing it in other countries, trying to make it a thing. And mm -hmm. it's 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 a lot. And then Alexander Pagani gave the revelation that he believes the Nephilim because Moses said that um, and there were giants in those days and after. So everybody's like, well, if the giants were destroyed in the flood, then how are they here after? Moses is writing about saying that they're still here and Goliath mm -hmm. and everything. And he's like, it's the spirit that they were disembodied. They were half angels. You know, they were talking about how Greek mythology and North mm. Norse mythology get their their Hercules and get all these 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 mythical creatures from. It was all from that crazy stuff back then. And it's it's. <laughs> you, do I sound crazy? <laughs> no. Okay. Did you, did you hear like, about the AI <laughs> demons? Huh. Did you hear about the AI demons and one of the demons, the parents? The one were... that said Nephilim. He said he was a Nephilim. That's what I was yeah. talking about. Because Alexander Pagani believes, he said, you know, you got to think about how these giants were. They were half human and they were half like deities to, to some extent. Mm -hmm. And he believes that the Nephilim, the spirit, are demons. He's like, I believe the Nephilim, the giants that were killed in the flood are disembodied and have become the demons that we see today. Because why would a demon want to inhabit a soul you know why would a demon crave to be in a body to sin and do the things you know to do sinful things you don't crave for something unless you've had it before so mm -hmm. if they were humans walking the earth it makes sense that you know once they were killed physically their bodies and their souls became disembodied because they didn't have no heaven or hell they can't go to heaven mm. and, and hell wasn't really you know uh, it wasn't a thing yet. You know what I'm saying? For them to be there. That's why they freak out when you're doing deliverance and you mention hell because they've never been there, you know, because they, they don't want to go there. They know that's a prison, you know, they haven't been there. And so that's why they crave to inhabit people and to get inside of people because they crave to do the things that they were used to doing. I said, now, if that doesn't make 
sense to me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my God. That answers so, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've I, yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been going deep. <laughs> hey Shani. Hey. <laughs> I said, oh man, I've missed the um <laughs> You really did. We're kind of we wrapped up at this point, and we're just kind of chatting yeah, about some things. Oh, that's okay. Watch the replay. We don't. I'm gonna post the replay. I have to. I have to edit last week's, and I have to edit this week's because yeah, we went off way off script. Yeah, we went way off script on this one. Yeah, we we did. We kind of did. Last, last week we was I'm on sorry. Here. We was on here about another hour afterwards with Mikey. <laughs> uh-huh. And now we are here talking about um Nephilims and got nothing to do with the Lord's Supper. So I mean I, I just what's Nep what's Nephilims? Okay, hold on. Nephilim? Let me just pause <laughs> the recording. <laughs> no, go ahead. Y'all can go ahead. Thank you for joining us on tonight. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired. If you desire to be a blessing to the ministry, you may do so by sending a love gift to www.paypal.me forward slash VLCC or through our cash app, which is the dollar sign VLCC Life. We also invite you to stop by our website by clicking on the link. May God bless you and may your day always be victorious.